everybody. It's another edition of the Draft Dive Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Jonah, joined as always by my co-host Colt. Colt, how you doing? I'm doing well. We were talking a little bit before the podcast. I was letting you know I got a, a Theragun, one of those like massage guns. It's not a sponsored stream uh, or podcast <laughs> here, but th- those things are awesome. If you ever get a chance to get one, I think she got like an, like an off-brand one. Still like only 40 bucks mm-hmm. or something like that, but... Pretty nice. I, I imagine that the players, uh, going through uh, you know seventeen weeks of the season or so so far, that they're using these things. I would imagine because they feel amazing. Yeah, no, I've I've got a massage gun myself, and actually got a foot massager for uh, for Christmas myself. And oh, un- yeah. Unfortunately, a lot of a lot of Christmas and holidays right now is just about a uh, pain management, which <laughs> isn't quite as fun. <laughs> yeah, I got some Epsom salt and stuff like that too. So, yeah, it's all about pain management. I mean, we're in week 17 of the season. You know, we're not the only ones going through it. There's people out there, yeah. you know, on the battlefield, if you will, of football. So, let's go ahead. We'll we'll, we'll kick it off. Um, thanks once again, everybody, for for tuning in. You know, we're in week 17 here. Uh, I appreciate you sticking with us throughout the season. We're still going to be here for week 18. For those of you who unfortunately have a championship, then um, I. I don't pity you, uh, but make sure that your league commissioner tries to change that. Um, but I, I think that it, it should go without saying that, you know, we're going to go ahead and talk about some some streamers and pickups here this week. But if you're not picking up a player this week to play them or to play defense against your opponent, you should drop that player to the waivers. Like an example of this is like a second quarterback or a tight end that you're not starting, nor your opponent would start, or a backup running back when the starter is not even questionable. I think it's much easier just to, you know, get rid of those players, play some defense, get some upside. Um, and with all that being said, let's go ahead. Let's, let's kick it off. Yeah, let's get into it. All right. Uh, with quarterbacks, uh, majority of the, the quarterbacks here this week, they have, you know, that are in favorable matchups are like the, the you know, the Jalen Hurts, the Josh Allens, the, you know, these stud quarterbacks, the Brock Purdy's. Uh, of the world. Although if you watch Monday Night Football, you may, you may say other about Brock Purdy, but... I digress. Yeah, it's a a tough week, but uh, all the quarterbacks that are in favorable matchups, they're either studs or they have question marks around them, like Tommy DeVito or Tyrod Taylor or Bryce Young. I'm not going to recommend, you know, neither one of us is going to recommend rolling out either of those type of guys for uh, for quarterback streamers, but there are a couple guys um, that over the past three weeks have the most passing yards, uh, or most passing touchdowns in the league, and that's Baker Mayfield, Joe Flacco, Mm and Derek Carr. So Joe Flacco, he plays the Jets. I appreciate you getting us this far, Joe, but I'm a, a officially abandoning ship. I will let you do what you're going to do uh, against the Jets, but there's no way I'm rolling you out there. But Baker Mayfield and Derek Carr, I think, are worth noting. Like I said, they have the most passing touchdowns over the past three weeks, eight passing touchdowns in three weeks. Um, yeah, I mean, Derek, you know, Mayfield's kind of been on fire. Mike Evans is his favorite target. It's not a amazing matchup against the Saints, but on the opposite side of the ball, Derek Carr has looked okay as well, and he gets the Bucks, who we know you can pass against. Which which kind of quarterback would you be leaning there, and what's your opinion on Joe Flacco if it's the if it's different from mine? Um, well, man, you know the good thing about Joe Flacco is he's probably going to throw forty to fifty times. Yeah. So it doesn't matter what defense he's playing against, forty to fifty times. He's going to put up some, his yardage will probably be pretty good, but I think he'll probably have a few picks and that's going to hurt his, his overall value. 
Um, yeah, I like I like Derek Carr going against the Bucks. Um, you can throw on the Bucks, and you know we kind of talked a little about the Saints. The Saints aren't as good of a defense as they appear. So actually, you know, it's almost tough for me to pick a either Baker or Carr. There, I I might lean a little more towards Baker to be honest. Yeah, with how red hot Mike Evans has been, obviously that's coming at the hand of Baker Mayfield. I think in that tough divisional matchup, you just you've got to go with who's kind of been more solid so far on the season. Arguably has better options as of right now with Baker Mayfield. So I, I lean that way as well. I, I'd go I'd go Mayfield, Carr, Flacco, um, if I was ranking the three. I think somebody that could also be, you know, kind of thrown into the the mix if you're juggling quarterbacks is Russell Wilson. I mean he plays the Chargers. Um the arguable part about Russell Wilson is Cortland Sutton is in concussion protocol. So if he misses the game, I mean, he's been their touchdown guy all season. So um, if he misses, I, I'm going to go Cars or Mayfield's way. Um, but Russell Wilson, I think, is a name we could throw into the hat as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, he's, you know, pick on the Chargers. Their, their pass defense is pretty terrible. Um, so... Russell, he's probably locked in for at least, you know, 250 and a couple touchdowns against him. And yeah. hopefully, you know, a little bit of a, say, 30 to 40 yard rushing floor to help you out. Absolutely. And and just as you mentioned, mentioned just to kind of give, you know, those people maybe a glimmer of hope if you decide to go this way. Like I said, I'm I'm not doing it in any of my leagues. But Joe Flacco, I mean, he's thrown five picks over the past two weeks. And he is still 15 fantasy points, 24 fantasy points. He's throwing touchdowns and a lot of yards, so it kind of makes up for those mistakes. So, yeah, if you decide to go that way, uh, fingers crossed, <laughs> to say yeah, the least. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, again, when you throw it that much, you, you're you going to get the yardage. I'd be a little worried about the touchdowns that you need to make up for those interceptions that I think are going to come yeah, that's against point. the Jets because they're just they're a tough team. They're feisty, that's for sure. Um, on to running backs. Um, I've got four running backs here. Um, they all come with like an asterisk next to their name. They basically need somebody to go down in front of them for you to be able to start them. And as I mentioned, like I said, we're not picking, we're not, we're not talking about uh, kind of backup running backs here. Uh, we're talking about people who can get you a start, put into your flex spot, if you will. Um, but I think we'll kick it off here with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. He's available in about 60% of leagues. Uh, Isaiah Pacheco, the main running back for the Kansas City Chiefs, he suffered concussion in the game versus the Raiders. Derek McKinnon was put on IR just prior to the game, so he's out for the rest of the regular season, which means CEH is the last man standing, and he plays the Bengals, which is they're kind of middle of the pack against the running back, but with no one else uh, in the backfield there, I think he could have kind of big upside if Pacheco were to miss. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a Clyde Edwards-Hilaire hater, but... <laughs> I mean, he looks like he's got a very clear path to being the number one running back on a team. And, you know, even even in the championship and late in the season, however, wherever you are, you know, it's never a bad idea to have more running backs than you need. Yeah. And again, with any of these these guys that if you find them that you don't necessarily you're not going to start them. But your your opponent would go ahead and scoop them up, especially if they are the Pacheco Pacheco owner, or if they need a running back start. Um, if they have let let's say like a fringe player like an Adam Thielen or something like that on their flex spot, and they might you know start Ceh over them, go ahead and scoop them up if you can. Um, just kind of play that defense. 
Mm-hmm. And Definitely. on to the next guy. Uh, again, we need another injury to happen. Uh, Zamir White, Raiders running back. Uh, he, now, he looked great against the Chiefs. And now he gets the Colts, which the Colts, I mean, you've been able to run on them for quite a while now. This is all assuming that, you know, Josh Jacobs doesn't play. Uh, the Raiders, they do play in the early slate of games uh, on Sunday. So you'll you'll know um, if they're going to, you know, have Josh Jacobs or not. So you can pivot to basically anybody else. There's only been one game that will have been played so far. Uh, I think two games, actually. There's a Saturday, one Saturday game and a Thursday night football game. But nevertheless, um, I'm comfortable starting him. Like I said, he looked great against the Chiefs. Now he gets the Colts. Um, again, that's you have to have Josh Jacobs out for him to be worth anything, in my opinion. Uh, but Zamir White, uh, what do you think on him? Yeah, Zamir White, I mean, I like him a lot more of, as a player than I do, say, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Um, it is, of course dependent on Josh Jacobs missing another game. But, mm -hmm. yeah, he's got a, a good matchup and has shown that he's a pretty gosh darn good running back. He is, yeah. I mean, he doesn't add anything to the passing game. Um, he reminds me kind of a, as a, uh, like a Brian Robinson. I, I know Brian Robinson's mm -hmm. been getting looks and, and actually shows, shows that he has the pass-catching chops um, as of recently, and especially this year. But that's what he kind of profiles and reminds me of a little bit. Um, speaking of Brian Robinson, his running mate, Chris Rodriguez, I think we, we can't go without uh, speaking about him. He also plays in the early window, but with Brian Robinson, if he were to miss you know miss the game, uh, he could be the primary running back again. He was the primary running back here this week, found himself a pair of touchdowns and I think about 50 scrimmage yards, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but they were, he was getting work on the ground, and that was when the commanders were 17, you know, down 17-0 in the first quarter. So, yeah, he looked decent with his touches. Found the end zone twice. They're playing the 49ers, which isn't ideal. Uh, but, yeah, if Brian Robinson's out, I think he's he's flex-worthy. Zamir White and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire are certainly ahead of him for me. Um, Chris Rodriguez, any read on him? Yeah, gosh, you know, I mean, again, just being having the opportunity to be the number one back makes basically anyone very, very valuable. Yeah. Um, you know, I... I don't have much of a, a read on Rodriguez yet, but that, uh, yeah, that opportunity is golden. It, it sure is. Um, speaking of opportunity, uh, Khalil Herbert, I mean, he took the reins there, uh, there on Sunday versus the Cardinals. Uh, he had the most favorable matchup. Like I said, the Cardinals are very easy to run on, and Deonta Foreman was ruled out. So, nevertheless, I mean, he still looked good. He had about 100 yards and a touchdown. Um if Deonta Foreman is were to miss again, then I'd be okay starting him. But if Foreman's in, then I think it just muddies up the water against you know the Falcons, who have surprisingly been stingy against running backs. They they've only allowed one rushing touchdown, two running backs on the season. Um, so yeah, that it's certainly not ideal uh, for your championship week to know that fact and possibly rolling out Khalil Herbert, Zamir White, Clyde Edwards-Helaire still ahead of them, uh, ahead of me, but. Again, all these guys, I, I wouldn't expect all of their starters or the person ahead of them to uh, miss the game. But if they were ranking them in a vacuum, I think I would go White and then Clyde Edwards Hilaire, uh, Herbert, and Rodriguez. Yeah, I mean, that's that's probably the order I'd have them in. You know, I'm a, I think Herbert's a pretty talented running back as well. So mm -hmm. if he gets an opportunity, it's it's good. It's just unfortunately against... A little bit of a tougher matchup for him. Yeah, certainly. Any any other running backs you wanted to discuss here today, Jonah? 
Yeah, you know, I have one more guy just in case, because mm-hmm. uh, he he might be coming back to health, and that's Ramondre uh, Ramondre Stevenson. So if you uh, you know, very possible he got dropped in your league, and if you're looking around and you know he's he's definitely a gamble, but he could also be you know New England starting running back. Yeah, certainly. I mean, it, it would be it would be scary throwing him in after missing so many games. Is what is the workload going to be? Zeke's looked, you know, mighty fine um, in in his absence. So that one is a gamble. But again, we know that he has the ability, and I don't think they would be throwing him out there if if he wasn't ready to play. So yeah, that that's a good point. Stevenson is somebody that should be on your radar for sure. On to wide receivers. Um, I'm going to go ahead and start off with a guy who is a little more rostered. He's only available in about 40% of leagues, but I think his name's worth uh, you know throwing out there. Romeo Dobbs, we've mentioned him multiple times throughout the season on the waiver wire episodes. He, he's coming off one of the best games of his career you know, on the season, and it kind of helps when Christian Watson is out with a hamstring injury and when his other running mate, uh, Jalen Reed, Jaden Reed, sorry, uh, is that with a toe injury? So that means he only had to compete with Dontavian Wicks, who also, by the way, got injured in this game with a chest injury. So he might be the last man standing for the Green Bay Packers. Um, I could see him getting majority of the work all by himself if he were to miss. So Romeo Dobbs is kind of at the top of my list, uh, but again, kind of more highly rostered uh, than some of the other names we'll be discussing. Yeah, no, he he jumps up there, you know, it's all of a sudden you're jumping up to wide receiver number one for a yeah. team. And, uh, you know, when that happens, it's just that, that golden opportunity, and it's it looks good for Dobbs. Yeah, it does look good. And I, I was I was pretty high on Dontavian Wicks, given his opportunity. He he didn't leave you high and dry. I think he got a touchdown before he left. But, yeah, he, look, he looked kind of, kind of good in his thing. I, I wouldn't expect them all to miss. That would be... I mean, but if they do, Romeo Dobbs, yeah, like I said, he he could be a low-end wide receiver two for you, maybe even with more upside. Um, speaking of wide receiver twos, this guy's been wide, wide, wide receiver two, three, four. He's been moved all around the depth chart. AJ Osborne, um, he, he's available in about seventy-five percent of his of leagues, coming off the best game of the season as well. You know that was against the Lions' favorable secondary, and he had some big plays. I know you saw the game. But Jordan mm-hmm. Addison got banged up in this game. TJ Hawkinson is looks like he may, you know, miss the rest of the regular season. He got banged up pretty bad. Yeah. Um. So he's in line for a lot of work as well. So I mean, he's not gonna be the number one. You still got Justin Jefferson there, so don't forget that. But KJ Osborne is a guy who can make some big plays. He looked good last year. Um. I I really liked him then. And you know, Jordan Addison just kind of muddied up the water there for him. But he's he's playing the Packers, which they've allowed the most receiving yards to our receivers over the past four weeks. So you could do worse than KJ Osborne. Yeah, no, the Packers have all of a sudden become a a team to throw it on, which is kind of interesting, you know, different than early in the year. But clearly, you can do that now. And yeah, if Addison's out, uh, as you mentioned, I I expect Hawkinson to be out. That's quite a few targets that are gone there. Um, that need to be redistributed. So Osborne's definitely got some upside. Yeah, I, th- I think reading into it now, Hawkinson almost certainly misses, but Addison, they're they're saying he's viewed as week to week. 
it, it just depends on how they how they do that. But yeah, it, I'm I'm cool with rolling him out there as a flex if both those guys were to miss. Outside of that, I'm I'm not too excited about it. Um, I actually was playing somebody in the semifinals who were in a super flex league, so you're starting two quarterbacks, and um, one guy had KJ Osborne in his super flex spot because he didn't have another quarterback to start. And I said, oh, okay, cool. I'm just like rubbing my hands menacingly like I'm Mr. Burns releasing the hounds. And, <laughs> of course, KJ Osborne. Yeah, and goes out and has the best game of the uh, Best game uh, of the season. Eight. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Thanks, KJ. I, I appreciate that. Showing you nothing but, you know, respect and support. And then you do this to me. Kicked me out of the out of the playoffs or the, the championship. So, kudos to that guy. Um, but That's tough. <laughs> Joshua Palmer is another name worth mentioning. I'm not I'm not starting him. This this is kind of my mindset. Keenan Allen is out, I'm okay playing him. If he's Keenan Allen's in, I'm not playing Joshua Palmer. That's he was the only guy last week and he didn't really do too terribly much with it. You know, I eight targets, you like that, but five for forty seven. And he didn't come in with a touchdown or anything like that. We talked about him the week before because we kind of had to. He had 113 yards and a touchdown. Yeah. But that was on like a big 70-yard touchdown play, which, you know, that means he has the ability to do that, but I'm not going to be banking on that week to week. So, yeah, that's where I am with Palmer. Like I said, if Keenan is out, I'll play him. But outside of that, I mean, I'd, I'd start KG Osborne over him for sure. Definitely Romeo Dobbs, no doubt. Yeah, I mean, he's he's not a terrible option, you know, if if you're looking around trying to, trying to get someone in. Just... Again, if, of course, Keenan Allen's out, because there's not going to be a ton of passing yardage and passing touchdowns to go around. But when you're the only guy there, you should receive those. <laughs> that That's so true. I mean, you, you can't underestimate the ability of, you know, being available just that, you know, as part of the offense. So, um, yeah, speaking of being available, I mean... This guy has been the wide receiver three for this team for about the past four weeks. Talk about Demarcus Robinson, the wide receiver for the Rams. He's clearly behind Cooper Cup and and Puka Nakua. Um, you know, my confidence levels aren't really high with this start right here, but it is good that Tutu Atwell was active, played the game, and did not see the field because Demarcus Robinson's just been on fire. So they, you know, Tutu just had to sit on the sideline. Like I said, he has four consecutive games with a touchdown which is very nice, and they ju just draw plays for him in the in the red zone. Uh, he has the most end-zone targets over the last four weeks. Uh, among the three, he has seven. Cooper Cup has five, and Puka has three, so he is their end-zone uh, target once they get down there. He's a wide receiver nine over the past four weeks. You know, comes on a lot of touchdowns, but nevertheless, I mean, Demarcus Robinson, do you have any confidence throwing him out there in your championship week, and where do you rank him kind of between Palmer, K.J. Osborne? confidence no but <laughs> it depends you know are you a gambler or are you a play it safe guy that's, yeah. that's kind of up to you and, and your management style I mean you know a touchdown basically saves any receiver running backs week mm -hmm. and so he's clearly a threat for a touchdown every week but if he doesn't get a touchdown you've got a you're probably looking at a pretty big bust yeah, yeah, that's kind of how it's been with him. I mean, he's had a little bit of yardage with it, so you're not completely upset, but the touchdowns just kind of put him over the top on, you know, as far as, as that goes. But a guy I think has 
arguably the same amount of upside as kind of what KJ Osborne did last week, or even more upside than than Romeo Dobbs. Noah Brown, uh, he's available in about half of leagues, and he didn't do much in Week 16. This is not why he's on the list. He you know went three for 38, no touchdowns, but in Week 15 he played the Titans. And he went off. I mean, he had 11 targets, 8 receptions, 82 yards, and a touchdown. That was with Case Keenum, you know, so it's not 100% prescriptive of uh, what's going to happen here. C.J. Stroud is expected to be back, but he does play the Titans again, who, like I said, he just had that big game against them. So, I mean, it could be worse. The Titans, they've allowed fifth most fantasy points to wide receivers on the season, and yeah, I think I think he's worth a shot. I think you know he's going to be second fiddle in this high passing volume offense um, for, for CJ Stroud. I, I, I'll double check to see if there's any reports on them. But Noah Brown is he is he kind of on your on your list here this week? Oh no, yeah, he was definitely on my list. Um, a guy I like quite a bit just because of CJ Stroud coming back. Uh, CJ Stroud coming back for Houston, they're going to be throwing it. You can throw on Tennessee. I expect him to put up some pretty impressive numbers and, you know, the number two wide receiver in a, in a high powered offense is a very attractive uh, prospect. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, here are CJ Stroud's numbers, passing yards uh, from the past few weeks before he went, before he went uh, down with the concussion. It's also going to exclude the concussion game, uh, which was the rain game against New York. But 274 yards, 304, 336, 356, 470. Like, <laughs> just throws the ball. We're talking about Joe Flacco um, airing it out. We're, let's go with a younger guy, a little more talent, uh, arguably, you know, talent surrounding him as well. But, he, I mean, they're just, he's kind of killing it. So if he's, he's back out there, I have a much more confidence in Noah Brown, who should be the second target in this uh, high-powered offense. Yeah, no, uh, it's just like you said, it's a good, and it's a good matchup too. Uh, you can definitely throw on Tennessee. You, so You can throw it, on Tennessee. It all adds up that it, it looks pretty good for Noah Brown. It does look good. I've just been a fan of his for a while, so I, I hope to see him succeed in the championship. Um, on to tight ends. Um, let's start it off with Gerald Everett. Available in about half of leagues. It should go without saying he's playing the Broncos, which are the best you know matchup for tight ends, so... I think that's kind of an easy pick there. He, he just gets a little more elevated in my books if Keenan Allen were to miss as well. Just some extra targets that could be going his way. Uh, Hunter Henry, he's available in about 75% of leagues. He missed last week due to a knee injury, but he's clearly Bailey Zappi's favorite target. So if he comes back into the lineup, the Bills are going to be putting up points, and I think you know, that's a, a shot you could take there. And then Tucker Craft, you know, he's available. He, he's more available than, uh, you know, Hunter Henry, and it's kind of the same case as Romeo Dobbs. Tucker Craft, this is Packers tied in. Um, same case as Romeo Dobbs. So if Watson, Reed, and Wicks were to be out, then he could see a lot more volume. And over the past three weeks, he's either had 60 yards or a touchdown in every game. So he's, I mean, I don't want to compare him to Kate Otten, but he's glued to the field out there like he is, but he's actually getting it done, getting some pass volume. So Tucker Craft could be there. Of the three, who comes out on top for you? Is it Gerald Everett? Hunter Henry or Tucker Craft? Uh, you know, it would be Tucker Craft if Luke Musgrave doesn't come back as well. Okay. Because uh, you got to watch out, make sure Luke Musgrave doesn't come back. If he does, then I'd probably go with Gerald Everett. Okay. Yeah, that is a good point. Yeah, I didn't know he was so close to his return. He, um, 
Yeah, he is still returning from that uh the ab injury. Mm -hmm. Okay. Which I'm not, you know, I can't say whether or not he's going to play obviously here on Tuesday, but yeah, but he was like a 75% snap player, so yeah, that would just muddy up the waters there for Tucker Crafts. That is a great point. Um, yeah, I didn't know, like I said, he was he was so close there, but apparently he was he was relatively close to playing uh, the previous week. So yeah, Luke Musgrave could just muddy up that water. Uh, Gerald Everett is at the top of my list, even though I love Hunter Henry, and as a Pats fan, I, you know, seeing the the tight end getting targeted uh, brings back memories. But yeah, it has to be Gerald Everett for me at the top. On to yeah, which uh, I mean, the tight end still scored a touchdown for the Patriots. Yeah, Mike Kosicki. So, you know, Hunter <laughs> Henry certainly isn't a bad option. Yeah, they kind of got it done there, and and uh, Pharaoh Brown, he had like a big catch over the down the seam. Like it was, it was a uh, was fun to watch. Uh, like I said, <laughs> reliving in the past, but um, <laughs> yeah, it was nice to see. Any other tight ends that are on your list here this week? I don't, I don't know. It's not too deep. No, it's it's pretty thin. I mean, we talked a little. You talked about Kate Auden, mentioned him. I mean, if if you want to go deeper, Kate Auden's not the worst option. He's going to be on the field, and Baker Mayfield's lighting it up. So, yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I mean that's that's easily a pick there. It's just availability being on the field is part of it, and the offense is kind of clicking. So yeah, I do like that pick. On to defenses, we'll kind of keep this short and sweet. We've been picking on struggling offenses all season uh, against good defenses or even just kind of middling defenses. Uh, but I think uh, these are probably the top four that are like not super highly rostered, but I think are, are worth throwing out there. The Bills versus the Patriots, the Broncos at the Chargers, the Rams at the Giants, and the Jags at the Panthers versus the Panthers. And the that one kind of scares me a little bit because we picked on the Packers versus uh, the Panthers last week, and the Panthers just came out of nowhere, just kind of lighting it up. So that one could be a little scary, the Jags versus the Panthers. If they kind of found some rhythm or anything like that, you could argue it was one week, kind of fluky. And I mean, we just talked about the Packers earlier that you can you know, pass all over them. So that's why we kind of uh, you know, we liked the other options. But yeah, I'm. I mean, the Bills, Patriots, Broncos at Chargers. Maybe the Rams could be number one. I don't know who they're rolling out. They haven't decided yet. Brian Dable, uh, head coach for the Giants, they haven't decided if they're going to go with Tommy DeVito, who was benched at halftime last week, or if it's going to be Tyrod Taylor. I mean, Tommy DeVito had everything set on his plate. I mean, he had 55 yards against the Eagles, who we know you can pass against at halftime, yeah. which is no good. So, yeah, Rams, they're not a great, great defense, but... The, the Giants, I mean, they're not a great offense either. So maybe you lean that way. Is there any of those that kind of stick out to you, or do you have another one in mind? Uh, you know, I'd say the Bills stick out as probably your your best option mm -hmm. there of the four. Um, if you want to go beyond those four, if, you know, it's possible that someone picked up those defenses or they're just not available, there's actually a couple more. One, the Raiders. And it's not really because of a matchup. It's just because of what they've shown the past few weeks. They have turned into what looks like an elite defense. And it's kind of insane. You know, they play Indianapolis. I don't dislike Indianapolis's offense at all, but Vegas just looks so good. Yeah. Yeah, they, they do. And they, I mean, they looked good against the Chiefs here. Um, it is worth noting, you know, they're playing Indianapolis. Gardner Minshew is the most sacked quarterback over the past, I think, three or four weeks. So 
yeah, he's he's been taking a lot of sacks. So if your defense rewards you for sack points, like you get a point for that, then uh, Raiders are, you know, even higher on my scale for you there because he's just been getting sacked left and right. Yeah, and I also do like Seattle taking on Pittsburgh. Um, I think the the feel good Mason Rudolph story is gonna gonna fall apart at some point, and I I think it might fall apart this week against Seattle. I was surprised that that was even a story. I mean, they were out there chanting his name. It was I know they were they were calling Mason Rudolph's name what a week or two ago, and Mitch Trubisky was out there, and I mean he didn't even get a fighting chance. Um, but yeah, I mean, Mason Rudolph coming off basically about a 300 yard game and two touchdowns. You can't really fault him for everybody chanting his name, but now he's going on the road, going to Seattle. I don't think it's going to be the same outing. I, I do like, I'd like to pick on, uh, Mason Rudolph. So totally on board with that one as well. These, you know, there's a, a lot of good options for defense here this week. Um, yeah, I was going to say a lot of good streaming options for defense so at least one or two should be out there for you that you can kind of choose for yourself who you like the best yeah as somebody who's kind of scooped up a lot of defenses in one of my leagues where i have a championship i'm just trying to play defense with them um it's i've just been grabbing them all it seems like and now i'm at the point where it's like oh which one do i start because they they're all so good so try not to make the wrong decision or at least the most informed decision on which one to start uh, is going to be a challenging task. Um, but nevertheless, I, I think I have the Browns defense, which they play the Jets, so that might be the easiest one I've had so far on this, this championship ride. Yeah, it's pretty solid uh, solid outing. Yeah, I can't complain there. All right, Jonah. Well, uh, that was basically everything. We got through all the quarterbacks and, and everything uh, for the streamers and whatnot. How about we go ahead and send everybody off? Um, we'll let them know. Like, you can find us on our website, draftdive.com. Uh, also, you can find us at underscore Colt Williams and at draftdive on Twitter, or you know, formerly known as Twitter, now X. And we'll be back on Thursday with the Starts and Sits episode. Yeah, looking forward to it. Happy holidays every to everyone out there. And uh, yeah, we'll see you on Thursday. Thank you all for listening. <laughs>